Hello, hello, you can't. Well, fans, I'm not slagging you. I'm not calling you a bloody cunt. I'm not calling you that word. The sea ward. The Stenoline Ferry. The sea cat. Remember that? <laughs> there was a big boat and everyone was calling it a cat. I was like, yeah, but where is its um, lovely cat face? Is what I'd like to know. <laughs> Where's its tail? Uh, anyway, look, how you, <laughs> how's things? I'm just back from France. And I'm going to be giving you a full recap on that next recap. Hello. That's what I want. When, that's what I say when I'm in a cafe and I want another uh, cup of tea. I said, hey, bitch. <laughs> no, I say, hey, sir, can I get a recap? Mm. Uh, Game of Thrones recap. <laughs> no, look, how are you doing? Um, no, listen. So I'm going to give you a recap on France uh, next week on the pod. Um, tell you about all my holly bops. Um, but right now I'm in my fucking car again. I'm in my car again. Daddy, Daddy Yankee, uh, me, uh, is between uh, studios at the moment. But um, but listen, this is actually just an introduction to my guest on the pod today. I had my very good pal, Fergal Costello, on the pod. BAFTA award-winning director, bro. Fergal Costello, who is very busy. He's shooting Nova Jones and the BBC. He's shooting The Family Pile, a new comedy. Um, and he's got his brand new flick, a feature-length flick. He directed me, you might remember, in a short flick. The more important one. <laughs> um, something doesn't feel right. The horror flick that we did together. But uh, he's got a brand new flick coming out. We are not alone. Uh, and it's very exciting. He showed me things he wasn't told me actually not to say that he showed me. <laughs> but uh, it looks great. And I'm very excited. And we chat today about the summer blockbusters 2022. And we talk a little bit about the kind of state of film at the moment. And we come at it from different ways. We come at it at different hot takes. Um, but to be fair, it is just two white guys having a um, you know, fairly standard chat about films. But hey, if you like that, I like that. I listen to a lot of podcasts like that. That's what this pod is. Um, so I was delighted to be chatting to Fergal on this. But before we get on to that. Uh, do you like whiskey, man? Do you like whiskey? Well, can I recommend the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey? Look, if you like whiskey, and you like whiskey that doesn't take itself too serious, um, I mean, they probably wouldn't want me telling you that, but I mean, they, you know, they're very serious, you know, good employers, uh, you know, they make a fine product, fine distribu- distribution. What I'm talking about is not all that snooty shite, man. You're not walking into some place and trying to read off some t- tiny chalkboard. Yeah, 12 pounds for a uh, whiskey to taste like uh, fire. And there's, yeah, lava. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to taste it. <laughs> oh, no, that's meant to be a good whiskey. A good whiskey tastes like it's meant to make you cough. Well, I don't like that shit. I want a nice, tasty, ex- accessible whiskey. That's just my personal preference. Again, these are not the words of copy. They don't give me any copy to read. Um, this is us straight off the top of the dome. I like a nice, tasty whiskey that doesn't take itself so seriously. It tastes good. It tastes like an Irish whiskey should. Yet, with the Dubliner, what they do is they fucking jazz it up a little bit. Sometimes they put it in a bourbon cask and make it taste like a bit like uh, bourbon. Irish with a bit of hint of the Wild Wild West. Sometimes they mix it and make it taste like a honeycomb liqueur, like you're sucking down on a tasty crunchy. Sometimes they... Throw a lot of spices in it. Star anise, fucking little red round thing. What's that little one? Looks like a stick. All that mad stuff. And a bit of orange. Makes it taste like a tasty old-fashioned, like you're having the whole cocktail to yourself. Not to yourself. Drink responsibly. But look, they do some wild and fun things straight out of the heart of the liberties. That is the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. The DLD.com is where you can find them. Or in Dune stores, man. They're also there on the shelves of Dune stores. But anyway, look. I'm chatting about the summer blockbusters with my good pal Fergal Costello. This is 2022 summer blockbuster roundup. Oh, and heavy spoilers uh, for everything, I think. Uh, I don't quite remember if we spoil anything, but just in case we do, um, I don't think we give any warning. So if we're talking about a film and you haven't seen that film, maybe skip ahead a little bit. Maybe skip ahead. Um, And also, hey... If you like these kind of movie chats, I do full movie reviews over on patreon.com forward slash Tony Catwell for the bonus podcast for the price of a pint a month every single, every single month. I'm not trying to lock you in straight away, but for however long you're interested. Um, there's, I do a full length review of the Batman. Uh, the next one I have coming up is The Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars did all the prequels, did A New Hope. Empire Strikes Back is coming up soon. And um, whenever I see movies, I think Top Gun, I did a whole one on the original Top Gun over there. Um, so you can check that out. Anyway, look, enough me selling things. 
Listen to this. This is 2022 Summer Blockbuster Roundup. Enjoy. All the best. Bye-bye. Virgil, thanks very much uh, for, ha- for having me on the pod. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, thought, I thought I'd throw you a bone, you know. No, I appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Uh, no, it's great to have you on, man. Um, uh, what? Uh, will I talk about you? I mean, are you happy to talk about what you're you're up to at the moment and what thing, bits you're yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. Yeah, no, just uh, I'm, I'm kind of halfway through the shoot of a new... It's a seven-week shoot for a, a new sitcom that's... Um, I think it's been vaguely announced um that's coming out on itv next year so it's with hattrick which is mad so that they made of ted and dairy girls um so we're kind of yeah we're just in the th- we're literally in the battle zone of filming now it's relentless and a marathon but uh lovely great cast like and it's been really really enjoyable so far and your and your flick where's your flick uh at the moment i know when it's coming out but i'm not allowed to say yet <gasps> And I saw the I saw the teaser poster yesterday, and I fucking nearly cried. It was crazy. Um, I was like, "Oh my god!" It's like a Drew Struzan poster. Um, yeah, that we are not alone is coming out this year, and towards the end of the year, I'll say that. I am very excited to see it. Um, for what have, what have you thought about what have you thought about twenty twenty two as a year of films um, so far? I mean, the main ones we've already yeah. seen. Obviously, we haven't seen Jordan Peele's. Nope. Yeah, which I, I think for that. that's. I mean, I I feel like that could be in my top three already. Even having not seen it, it seems exactly right up my street. Yeah, um, I, I saw the I saw I went to the cinema on over the weekend and I saw the trailer for that and I was like, God, that that just looks like my shit. That I, yeah. I cannot wait for that. Um, I love Kaluuya. I love Dan Kaluuya and anything anyway. But um, them together, I think they have, they have this kind of weird alchemy together. They really suit each other. It's a shame he's not going to be in Black Panther. Too. Yeah, I wonder why that is actually. Yeah, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a narrative reason because I, I think Ryan Coogler is a fucking amazing filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Creed is still one of my favorite sports movies ever. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's the best Rocky film, hands down. Nah, come on, Rocky two, Rocky two, man, Rocky two. Yeah, he beats Apollo. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And it has uh, two montages. It has two running montages. More than Rocky has. That's true. It does have many montages. I don't know shit. You know, I actually, I don't even know if I've seen it within. You know, like I've seen it in my my, my child brain. Watched it on ITV with yeah. like seven, but I haven't seen it in my adult brain. I had it on VHS and it was one of my like uh, go to. Like I say, if I had a rugby match or whatever, um, like the night before, I'd watch Rocky Two and I'd be like, I'm a champion. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd feel great going into the match. <laughs> yeah, I will. I do have to check it out. Someone I, I saw it listed on like a no, a friend of mine's podcast. He started referring to it as like the third best action movie of all time, and I'm like, you can't call that an action movie. Rocky Two, really? Yeah, no, it's a sports drama. I know that's exactly it, but he's like, no, when he, like action's action. When there's a serious amount of action happening, yeah. like he, he he says, you can't call an argument. Like, you know, there's no argument for calling it a a, a a sports movie. Anyway, look, looking for this year, right? Um, yeah, you're the man I like to talk to about the blockbusters, future future Hall of Famer, future IFTA Hall of Famer, <laughs> BAFTA award winning director Fergal Costello, future IFTA nominee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't win. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't get it. Um, no, but you know, with with Hollywood likely knocking in the next couple of years, I do like your your box office, you know, summer blockbuster takes. You're a very articulate man. You've also like got a very good taste for like, you've got a good taste for like you know fringe flicks, really you know decent horror flicks, but also like the cheesiest stuff, the purposely bad stuff, the the blockbusters. You watch it all, you absorb it all. Yeah, love it so all. Uh, I do always want to get your take. So look. Let's look at maybe the start of this year. What was your, what? How did you feel about uh, Robert Eggers? Uh, oh the, shit, the, the Northman. Yeah, I thought it was good. I actually did think it was. I thought it was really good. I, I, I in the cinema, I thought it was like really cool, and I loved like some some parts of it in particular. I thought this is like really awesome, but I definitely was left a bit cold by it. Like I, I didn't really care about Amleth, the character, the main character. Yeah. I, I like. I thought he was a bit of a dick. Um, oh yeah, he, big he, time. I mean that's kind of the point. Like he's a proper barbarian and he's he's barbaric in his actions, and um, I love the twists and stuff like that. I love uh, I love the, the journey of Nicole Kidman's character, but I thought I admired it way more than I really enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? I was like, that was really cool. Rather than I was completely engaged. In it totally, as a film and a story. I totally get what you mean. You know? Like I mean, I was kind of thinking like afterwards, I was like, 
I mean, it got probably very incorrectly linked with Gladiator and and Braveheart, but it's absolutely yeah. nothing like either either one of those. I no. mean, maybe maybe bar the fact that the kind of swords and kind of maybe some degree of setting, even though it's not even the same type of setting as mm. as Braveheart. But I was like, I, I was like. The fact that I was so warm on them and a bit cold, as you said, on this, I was kind of thinking, is there something wrong with me? Am I now like just used to a complete Hollywood ending? And maybe is it that kind of style? Yeah. But I don't think it does have the chops up to those caliber of flicks. I do oh. think personally, very hot take and very um, unpopular opinion that Braveheart is a better flick than Gladiator. Yeah, that, that's wrong. But um, yeah, sure. sure. Great, this, 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 uh, <laughs> no, I thought it was like the, the Northman, I'm going to get very nerdy on you um it reminded me most there's a russian film called come and see it's mm. a, a russian war movie um about the kind of eradication of the farmlands and, and as the germans were making their way into russia and it's an absolutely harrowing film but um i thought stylistically and a lot of the battle sequences particularly the end of come and see was very reminiscent of the first big raid in the northman and i thought yeah. like that that was kind of what he was getting some of his it felt like that if Felt the same way at that. Like, where come and see is like a really powerful, harrowing experience, but it's not an emotional one. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, and I thought the North one was kind of similar. It was really well told, really, and I loved its embracing of myth, where him picking up a sword off a dead guy in his mind was a, was a great epic battle with this kind of statuesque, uh, yeah. you know, golem. And I loved yeah. all that stuff. I loved those flights of fancy it took. But uh, yeah, I just found it hard to engage with fully emotionally. I didn't really care um, when what happened at the end happened. I was like, well, he kind of deserves it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, no, exactly. He does, you know, yeah. especially from like 20 minutes in, you see the raid and you're like, this is badass and this is cool. And, yeah. you know, it's metal as shit. But then, but then you're like, oh, well, they're burning everybody. You're like, yeah, and they're, and they're, <laughs> and they're, they're shoving women t- and kids into the, 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 the house and burning it. And you're just yeah. staring at it happening. You're like, here's and the you're just, And then, and you're still with the character. Like, there's no turn. That's not a heel turn. It's just like, he just looks at it and there yeah. are, Maybe there's some remorse or maybe there's a level of like, this is a kid who just got caught up in a bad crowd. But you're also like, yeah. there kind of is no redemption after that, you know? I like the way um, the Mark, the redemp- like the guy he wanted to kill was actually not the worst person. Yeah, I know. And it actually <laughs> it turns out to be quite, quite likable. And all all he wanted was his son's fucking heart back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like a really- I loved all I loved all the uh, the Norse mythology stuff. I know you're a huge fan. I know you're particularly excited about God of War, uh, oh, Ragnarok. Yeah. But I loved all the um, you know the Tree of Life imagery. I thought that looked really striking. It reminded me a lot about uh, of the Fountain that you know Darren Aronofsky's yeah. that kind of visual style. And you know, you see the Valkyrie, which just looked fucking incredible. Yeah, you and the know, riding into Valhalla at the end and riding into Valhalla. Gets. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the final battle at hell when <laughs> they're all in the book yeah that was class in a volcano like, incredible um, but yeah it did leave me a bit cold it did leave me a bit cold as well I personally would give it what's your what's your normal rating on films Fergal or do you not give number uh, ratings I know I, did. I was only talking about this on the set today we were rating stuff out of five I'm a big, I'm a big out of five man like yeah, I'm an out of five man yeah I would have given it like a really strong three do you know what I mean like, really strong three yeah like nearly like I mean like the like three point eight kind of thing, like so near four. Sure. I just, I just like, yeah, I was just watching it. I was uh, passive watching it rather than like participatory in it. I felt, you know, I get you, admiring get you. it see, from a filmmaking standpoint. I'm, I see. I give very high reviews for films that I think are like, I do. I did really like. It. I still thought it was incredible, and it felt really massive. But I suppose you're right. I suppose I didn't really care that much about him but i still gave it a four out of five but now i'm reconsidering no oh, no. <laughs> no no i'll stick with my four four point oh, yeah. five um <laughs> all right coming after that was um the batman i know Ooh, you were super maybe. hyped about this you were messaging me in the middle of the night about this um <laughs> what did you make of matt reeves the batman yeah year? i thought it was class yeah i thought it was great i thought it was awesome i, I went with my my uh partner and we went on like a Friday afternoon because uh, I was going to go to midnight, but then I couldn't go. So I gave, I gave it to a ticket to my mate. So I went, we went to like 2 p.m. on a Friday and uh, I hadn't told her it was three hours. You know, kind of, and, was, and she was like, oh, it's, it's a silly Batman movie. And uh, she fucking like hated it. She like really? hated it. She took like two phone calls in the middle of didn't care. She was outside. I think she missed yeah. like cumulatively about 40 minutes of the whole thing. Um, yeah. But like I thought it was, I, like I'm, I'm a hardcore fan of the comics and like a, and the detective Batman is my favorite iteration of Batman. 
And also, Year Two Batman is my favorite iteration of Batman in the comics. So it was mm. just like I was just like kind of in heaven basically the entire movie. And it was I loved the the dark aesthetic it had with like Greg Fraser's cinematography and the production design. It felt like something like Blade Runner. Um, they really created a sense of place that was really strong. And uh, I thought he was amazing. I thought he was amazing Batman, but he wasn't really Bruce Wayne yet. You know? I really liked that. I liked how tall he was as well. Like, I liked how he was towering over yeah. everyone. Like, Pattinson's like 6'4", maybe 6'1", or whatever. And I liked just seeing, like, it looked so jarring. You know, he goes to the first crime scene. He's dressed yeah. as Batman. He's just taller than everyone. He's just walking around. Yeah, I love the scary. fact. He was, was scary, yeah. And, like, I like the fact that he acknowledges, like, there's a level of campiness that, like, Matt Reeves seemed to get just right where it's like yeah he is wearing the eye makeup like in other films it's like fucking uh you know michael keaton takes his, his mask off and no there's like his eyes are just completely clean you know there's yeah. no eye makeup but he's walking around and i like the fact that he's like they double down because if you really think about it burton and nolan don't have a lot of batman in the bat suit walking around this yeah. was like all even Sh- schumacher has a little bit but it's batman and robin unfortunately yeah. um but this is like Batman only wanting to be Batman in the Batsuit the whole time, only goes as Bruce Wayne when he's essentially Batman in disguise trying to yeah. get to At a the funeral. funeral. He was scoping people. Like, that was so cool. And I, lo- I loved, like, that, like you were saying, when he's Batman, he arrives at the Iceberg Lounge and he knocks on the front door. It's not yeah. like, he's not creeping in. It's like, he's like, hey, yeah. I want to talk to the Penguin. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, then he has to beat his way in, uh, which is so cool. And I thought she was absolutely fantastic. I thought she nearly stole the entire movie, uh, Zoe Kravitz. I thought she was like I mean she's completely captivating um but like I don't know like I, I I said on my podcast previously that I thought that it was the best Catwoman but I do think Michelle Pfeiffer actually is like doing something like yeah you know that's I, one I, of my, I, yeah that's one of my favorite screen performances ever is Michelle Pfeiffer and Batman Returns because she's just totally and it's it's one of those like Christopher Reeve um you know Clark Kent Superman things where it's like you get two completely different characters and mm-hmm. someone just leaning so heavy into each one um so i was a bump steer or uh <laughs> that was a, a bad <laughs> a take bump. on me but i did think zoe kravitz is like utterly captivating and i thought they had incredible like probably the best kind of like the heat you know the heat it was fucking hot as fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. like you yeah, well, know they, well, they're both ridiculously good looking so but yeah, you could feel are. it though i could feel like the the best batman comics the, or the best catwoman batman relationship in the books is always written as if they just wanted to fucking tear the suits off and yeah. like and, mm-hmm. and like batman has the whole she's from the wrong side of the tracks thing and she's like, you know, oh, he's a bit of posh. Um, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. maybe. <laughs> I know. loved, Great, there's though. two things that I, I really loved and would have wanted to see, i like to see more of, right? One, I'd lo- I would, I wish the whole flick was him with the, you know, him narrating the whole thing. I love that. Yeah. The first 15 minutes of that where it's his diary entry and, you know, they're all looking up and they're afraid of the bat signal. Yeah. And, and then you realize, oh, like it's just, and then he puts, like in a very like neat kind of way that they block this off to be like, Oh, well, this is his diary from this, you know, experiment of his second year of, of trying this Batman thing, you know? Um, I love that. I, and I, you realized, Oh, that's the thing that's kind of been missing from Batman movies that you, you exclusively get in the comics. Is that, yeah. is that inner monologue? And it's know? ubiquitous. Yeah, exactly. It's omni, it's just completely omnipresent in the comics. It's like, it doesn't work without the inner monologue, you know? No, um, it's, it's something that actually like, I actually, Sherlock Holmes tried to steal, you know, with the Robert Downey Jr. movie. Like that was the scenes in that where he's all like left rib broken. Right. What I need yeah. to do here is use the weight of this man to kind of over, you know, that, and, and that's that's always a really Miller. like, especially in Hush. That's like there's a great bit in that where he's like getting the shit kicked out of him and he's like, you know, calculating every single uh, thing. I also loved the fact that it's him getting everything wrong, you know, or getting some things wrong, like not being able to start up the Batmobile is great. Him botching the wingsuit, you know, um, oh, and yeah, essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. just getting wrapped up in the Riddler's plan as well. Like he's just essentially just caught. Like it's, it's that's another thing though. It's I don't. It's a it's a it's a captivating detective film, yeah. but it isn't a good detective story. It and it's an it's an on rails, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens mm. kind of detective journey. But it's not. I don't know if it's a. There's no eureka moment that I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that was that'd be like my one thing I didn't like, and it's just because I'm a mark for Batman. It's like he didn't, he didn't outsmart the Riddler. No, do you know what I mean? Uh, which was like I thought because all the best Batman stories, he always like right at the very end, he's like, oh no, I'm smarter than you, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, I'm the Batman. 
know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But even um, the Riddler at the end, where he's all like, he gets it wrong. He thinks that he thinks he's Bruce Wayne, and then he's and then he reveals, oh, he he's and then he's like, oh, so the Riddler's what stupid? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, at the end. Also, I'm not. I wasn't mad on that. I don't know if I don't know if I think Paul Dano had a read on that character, especially when I hear stories like he had to do like 200 takes of that phone scene, and I totally get that. That's you know, it's him mm. directing it shooting it himself and and doing his performance and i know what it's like to have 500 fucking unused drafts yeah. a stupid idea on your phone but i but it's usually because i don't have a full read on what i'm going to do and i don't and i don't think paul dano had a full read on uh, had a full yeah yeah that, that's interesting yeah because i thought like probably one of the best scenes in the movies when your man had the bomb strapped to his neck and uh and, and the phone is just ringing for like 12 hours or whatever yeah that's great and you, and you just know that edward is just waiting the entire time mm. and then when he answers he's not angry he's like oh you answered you know doing this yeah i thought that was really i thought when the mask came off he was just a bit yeah i was like oh grant he's just a nerd which he is yeah, we've seen that yeah, yeah i know we, but we've seen that like then then yeah. I, when the mask came off we're like we're in what is it prisoners you know or yeah blackhead yeah you know so yeah, prisoners, sorry yeah, yeah yeah and then also what i what i really would have dug as well is like there's a bit where, like, you know, Andy Circus, who works hard but doesn't really have anything to do as as this sexy kind of Alfred. Uh, sexy Alfred, you know. I think if we're going for young Alfreds, you know, for me it's Jeremy Irons. I think it was a fucking savage Alfred. I, I wish, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's a shame that 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 didn't pan out for him. The worst iteration but, um, of that man ever. <laughs> the worst iteration. Oh my god, nightmare! It's like I, I thought I was like dreaming watching Batman vs Superman in the cinema. When he's riddling lads with the Batmobile, I was like, this is insanity. Yeah, and he's like branding boys. Yeah, <laughs> like, but he's literally shooting the machine guns going, oh, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. like, it's so anti-Batman. It's like yeah, this. no, it is. I think, I don't know, I have this kind of soft spot for Ben Affleck um, just because I know that yeah. he's a comic geek and I know he really wanted to do like a The Batman movie and I, I actually think that probably would have been, it would have been something, you know? But anyway, something else that annoyed me about this was, right, like, Andy Serkis kind of talks down to him like a kid at a certain point, you know. Uh, I would have loved Commissioner Gordon to have a moment where, you know, I don't know, maybe they're, they're looking at an autopsy and, you know, Batman's like, oh, I think a bolt cutter, you know, whatever, cut off the finger. And he's like, no, that's a, look, if you're, you know, I don't know, something like if you're, five, you know, as many years in the force as I am, kid, you know, that that's a, whatever, a fucking, mm-hmm. a box cutter. There, at no point does Commissioner Gordon educate Batman at all and Batman is constantly educating the soon-to-be commissioner of police, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Gordon yeah. doesn't seem to know that much. I love the fact that they said, yeah, like I think Matt Reeves said he want, it had to be a three-hour movie because it had to be Gordon and Batman having these conversations the whole time. But I wish that Gordon had something to give. He didn't really have much to give. Yeah, because yeah, just thinking of in year one, uh, Gordon is very like... He saves him at the end, what, doesn't he, as well? Yeah, like, he does, yeah, yeah. And, he, and, and he's basically the protagonist of that book anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a bit more that, like him being active in police work a lot more in year one and then yeah. Gordon to come into grips with how unbelievably broken the city is and not Batman telling him that like him hey and this entire police force is owned by the mob you know mm-hmm. he's like what you know yeah, um, yeah like there's no way he wouldn't know that I suppose but yeah I know what you mean yeah yeah but overall though I thought it was just like it was such a fucking it was such a uh, clear and really compelling dark world that they created and and uh, it's such a such a take you know what I mean? Yeah, it was. It, it was really, it was a, it really was, like directed. You know, it was a great Gotham. Um, you know, would love to see them do a Robin. I think. I think. Yeah, and I Mr. think they Freeze. could get a Robin right. I think they know. The, I think they know the town, and I think with the where the city, and I think they know with with turning um, you know, the Penguin into an HBO Max show. They are clearly looking to try and flesh out that Gotham because they got mm. that so right, and I think. The guy just fucking do Robin, like just get over it. Like I don't get, I don't get their like the reticence to do Robin. Like Robin's an awesome character. Like yeah. uh, any of them, like Dick Grayson, uh, Jason Todd. Jason Todd is so like such a great unused story for yeah. a movie. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just do the do the death of Robin and our and our Carrie Kelly, such an amazing female Robin. Yeah, um, yeah. I was I was always a massive fan of Robin, even in the Batman and Robin movie. He was like my favorite part of the movie. Was yeah, Robin. actually, I didn't. I didn't see it, but I, I read that. I did love that comic, the one that it's that's based off. What are you giving the Batman? I give it. A, I give it a four. Yeah, really strong four. Really very strong, strong four. four. Yeah, yeah, very strong four. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Before we get into some of the more popular ones, did you go see Jackass Forever in the cinema? I didn't see it in the cinema. I saw it at a uh, on a holiday, for, like Airbnb thing. With, with yeah, what do you think? I thought it was really funny, yeah. I thought I thought it was like really I thought it wasn't as funny as the others, but like it was also like no. who cares? I love these guys. 
you know. Yeah, like I think it was maybe the second best cinema trip that I had, and like I mean, I howled and, and laughed my ass off. Yeah, but I actually can't remember a single a single stunt that happened. Yeah, remember the first when I saw Jackass 3D in the cinema? It was like like similar to you. It was just this like insane class experience just with the whole audience and the yeah. gags are relentless and they're all brilliant you know yeah. uh but yeah four yeah i really enjoyed it i just uh yeah but it wasn't i wasn't like going yeah i just really enjoyed it i love those guys in particular i love knoxville yeah it was oddly sweet and like they they were obviously looking to kind of have you know have a bit of a tribute to you know obviously to ryan dunn tribute but they also wanted to seem to kind of want to cap it all off and pay respect to everything that that came before something yeah. that kind of just turned me off the whole thing was just because i was like i i know the in the same way that kind of like it's weird the way that we there's just so much access to information now that i know you know the fallout with bam margera is in this you know is in yeah. this flick and i'm like looking out to see the scenes that bam's in the back similarly to like you know spider-man and kind of the marvel break up or meld together like i feel like sometimes i know too much and it, and it kind yeah. of ruins a little bit of the you know takes a little bloom off the rose a little bit um yeah. uh, i just feel that in general i feel like i think if if you're not if you don't want to make films then you shouldn't really know anything about it because it's yeah. just a better experience then you know what i mean like but like you know my my my, my mom knows they had like they had to reshoot some of dr strange too <laughs> you know like <laughs> you know what I mean? he's burning the air off her about this no not thing. at all she like she'd talk to me about it you know what i mean yeah. seen that dr strange too? I'm like yeah and she's doing five weeks of reshoots, you know. Like, <laughs> you know? well, actually, let's get on to that. Anyway, I give I gave Jackass Forever a four, but probably if I were to rewatch it now, I'd probably give it a three. But uh, I feel like I'm grading a lot on a curve these days with the current state of of cinema. Yeah. That yeah, I think yeah. a lot more, a lot different is getting what probably in, in you know 2005 might have got a two. I'm giving a four, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, look, what about Doctor Strange and the multiverse of multiverse madness? Of badness. Um, um, yeah, I actually rewatched it there like last week, two weeks ago. Um, mm. Yeah, it's not great, man. Mm. It's, not, it's not a great movie. It's, um, and like this, the Sam Raimi of it, I couldn't wait to watch it because it was Sam Raimi directing it. But like, um, I, I, it's fair, I felt like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird one because like, it felt very surfacey Raimi, like Crash Rooms aren't a style do you know what I mean it's just the things yeah. he does and mm-hmm. I think it was him doing as much as he probably could with a story that was probably set in stone quite early of what had to happen do you yeah. know what I mean um, like I don't know if there's much wiggle room around the script and story um, and there were certain elements like I, I really liked Wanda coming out of using the reflections to get to get um, towards Strange oh, yeah, and like, the girl that was really cool and her that was really badass her. yeah, yeah and I even was, loved like you know her jumping out of the shadows and looking fucking weird and you know yeah. there was so many like individual there's so many individual kind of like isolated like pa- shots that you can pause that looks like you know the exorcist face you know yeah. and i love all that and that's campy as fuck even just her walking with a weird fucking almost like weird yeah. frame rate kind of limp down really cool love all that shit but like love i think all that shit. the thing that like makes sam raimi movie a sam raimi superhero movie is like it's not just those kind of mini beats that are scary, you know, oh, Sam Raimi's making it's going to be like Evil Dead. It's like Spider-Man 2 is great because it's an amazing personal story about Peter Parker's growth yeah, yeah. Um, as a person. And it also happens to have amazing villain and amazing action. Mm-hmm. Well, you love the action because you, you care so much about Peter who yeah. literally, you know, he can't swing his way, he literally can't get it up. He can't swing his yeah. webs anymore because yeah. he's, he's got such a crisis of self-confidence. And that's why, that's why that's great. Do you know what I mean? I think, and then like, Evil Dead 2 and Evil Dead 1 are brilliant because Ash Williams is such a genial character who you love mm-hmm. and don't want to see get hurt, but he's also a bit of a buffoon. So there's, there's a certain joy in seeing him get thrown around the place. And like, it's not just, you know, because because there's a zombie in it and because of the scary moments and because the camera crash zooms in now and again, doesn't make it like a full Raimi experience. It's very surfacey. You know, the yes. story wasn't, the story wasn't good. The, the like uh, Wanda's, like her reason for being a villain or evil um, didn't really make sense considering the ending of WandaVision. No, that, that it seemed totally at odds with it. And I feel, yeah. and, and I, I also, I felt like their, her whole heel turn was just squandered, especially if you know what's coming up, especially if you know the X-Men aren't even in this yet, you know, like the, mm. that, like that big heel turn, I feel like should just be like, oh, this is just someone you don't cross. And then like, she should yeah. be like the kind of, you know, 
like they could have done two more movies, which is with Wanda being like, oh, oh like she's like too powerful, you know, getting to a breaking point. Like you get to a breaking point. And but after yeah. on WandaVision, I thought like, like to to kick off the next phase with WandaVision and leave it in. And I, I thought it was a great show. I thought that was yeah. fucking. I thought it was. It's still I think the best um, Disney Plus show. Yeah, and I agree. To get that so right and then end it in a place where you're like, oh, she's going to do whatever she can to find her kids. But then within the first 20 minutes and she's hailing down fucking fireballs, <laughs> you're like, there's no coming back from this. And you know straight away that there's no coming back from this. And um, also it just pisses me off as well. Like Sam Raimi said, look, I didn't watch all of WandaVision. But like, you know. <laughs> no, did he like, say that? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he, says he, watched, he says he watched the, the, the episodes that he needed to watch. But um, like, oh, yeah, that's my with, with white vision out there, it's just like, oh, this is just like. Yeah, I, I thought. White Vision would stop her. I thought White Vision would stop her. Like the whole, yeah, like the madness. Like her children being scared of her is really cool. That's a really strong idea. But I thought it'd be like, Wanda, what are you doing? And her going, that voice. And then you look over and yeah. it's, it's one, it's White Vision after downloading, I don't know, Vision's brain or something, you know? Like, you know, the way, like in, um, like jumping ahead a little bit, but like I was, when I was at the end of um, Thor Love and Thunder. Right. And sorry, there are spoilers for all this. Sorry, I'll give yeah, a spoiler yeah, yeah. warning for all the movies just up top. But like um, when it actually got down to the very end of it, I was like, oh, maybe Gore might actually survive and get to have time, even though, you know, with, with his kid, because he actually thought about it. He didn't really do anything that bad. You know what I mean? I kind of I, I mean, kill all the gods. But like you kind of thought, oh, well, he might actually have a redeemable story. I actually thought mm. more so that Gore might have a redeemable story than than Wanda. Wanda was just such a hard heel turn that it was just... And and what what wound me up as well about it is, right, you look at, you know, Marcus McFeely with Endgame and they're pulling on the thread of fucking 20 flicks or whatever, 36 characters, and yet every single character acts within their own... Yeah, within logic. Exactly, within their own logic and fits... the. I mean, that's why, you know, Peter Quill is trying to spark out Thanos is such a kind of fucking what the fuck because it's the one... It's the one that stands out where you're like, would he really be that stupid? And you can make the argument that he would because he met emotion that's going through him. He realizes the woman he loves is dead. But, you know, there are so many of these kind of leaps of faith you have to make in the movie. Like, Doctor Strange just, like, giving up Wanda's plan, you know, giving up the plan or giving up the location of America Chavez to Wanda, which is mm. pretty stupid. Wong saying, oh, there's another dark hold and there's a whole fucking shrine to you and I'll show you exactly how to get there, you know. Like that whole, and the fact that obviously America Chavez is just going to be able to figure out a way of just opening it after you know a heartfelt talk from Doctor Strange. I don't know. It just seems like pretty dumb. <laughs> it seems like yeah. pretty fucking stupid. That's and there's not that many characters at play here. No, you know? and and the the title was a bit wrong. It was a bit it was a bit uh, indicative of something that didn't happen. Do you know what I mean? It was it wasn't yeah. that mad, and there weren't that many multiverses. And the one you went to was like Earth, where and the only difference was like the pizza was in balls. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you're, you're like, and what? it's a bit. Yeah, some cool set pieces. I lapped up the Xavier shit. I did lap up the fucking Krasinski shit as well. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I liked. I kind of like. It looks so fake, though, man. It looks so like they're clearly yeah. in the same room. It's like they're so weightless. It's like I'm skipping forward, but you watch like if you watch Doctor Strange two and you watch Top Gun Maverick back to back, you'd be like, mm. Jesus Christ, that is insane. Like why? Yeah. Why do they have to film it in Atlanta on a green screen? Why can't they go outside? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, but they also filmed it in the British Museum, and they had that. Like they were in there, you know. But then they just were like, "Oh, sorry, no, the fans are clamoring for a bit. Let's put in." But they they didn't they didn't shut down the Tom Cruise rumors. I I was expecting uh, Iron Man, yeah. whatever superior Iron Man, to come out, and it'd be the Tom Cruise going, "Well, what's the story?" And like yeah. that, I would have loved to film if that had happened. Like, even if they killed him off in two minutes, like they did everyone else, I would have loved it. But, uh, yeah, I thought, yeah. And then at the end, when it's like, at the end of the movie, like, where they have, they reveal the third eye and it's meant to be a horrific ending. And then immediately after that is the mid credit sequence where he's grand yeah. again. Especially like two minutes later and him walking down the street going, that was a bit weird. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> and yeah. also what pisses me off is like, all right, you got the Xavier Easter eggs, you have the Krasinski Easter egg, you know, and all these Easter eggs right now are like, tasting like fucking pound shop easter eggs like they don't taste good you know you're just like oh there is okay and you're like getting excited and then at the end you see Charlize Theron and she's like I'm Clea and you're yeah. like 
I don't really know who Clea is. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, sure. now yeah. I have to fucking look up who Clea is, yeah, you know. Yeah. But like, I'm yeah. meant to be excited. Yeah. And we're all getting excited. Oh, you know, there's Harry Styles. He's Thanos' fucking brother. Like, fuck off. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know? But that's the thing. They, like, I think they're gone. They might, and Love and Thunder are the same kind of kind of um, mid-credit scene where it's like, uh, hey, I'm going to set you up and then you're going to come out and get the heat. You know, it's like... Uh, yeah. It's just it's a reveal of somebody every single time, um, yeah. which I guess is what they always were. I don't know. They just felt more cleaner and classy back in the day. I'd like even just getting into the kind of phase five and six stuff. Like, is it going to be fucking, you know, Jon Snow as fucking Iron, whatever the fuck his name or, you know, Blackheart, Black, Black whatever. Knight. Black, Black Knight. Knight is it? Yeah, Him yeah. and Harry Styles as Thanos' brother against Kang the Conqueror. It's like, I, you know. <laughs> Kang the Conqueror. I love the name. Um no, apparently uh, Blade is going to be a buddy comedy with Jon Snow and, and Marshall Alley. I'll um, get into that. Yeah, I, I, I think they're a weird odd pair. I think they'd work together well for some reason. Yeah, um, kind of, um, kind yeah. of ride along. You weren't a huge fan of No Way Home as well. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, like, Jesus, good luck me getting the Marvel movie ever now saying all this. But, <laughs> uh... You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> But yeah, no, I I thought it was like, I thought it was pretty cheap. You know, I thought, I don't know, but like, I don't want to be, I sound like such a, like a dry shite. Um, it's just like, you know, you're drawing on goodwill that you haven't necessarily earned. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, Toby Maguire, seen him, I, I was like, oh my God. Like, when he said to Otto Octavius, he's like, um, how are you? And then Otto's like, uh, Otto asked him, how are you? And he says, trying to do better. I thought that was like an amazing, that's such a Peter Parker line. You yeah. know, he's not, he's super humble and he's just like trying to be a good person despite all these powers. And they play the Danny Elfman theme. That was like the one moment where I was like, oh my God, you mm-hmm. know, I just, I just killed for more of that character. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. And like, it, it felt like a bit like cheap wins and like Norman Osborn saying, I'm something of a scientist myself. Like that's, that's a meme. It's like, that's, yeah. that's, that's for, yeah. that's like, that's not part of a movie. It's not organic to the film. It's like they forced that to happen. And I find it's happening more and more where it's like, eat the, eat the soup. You know what I mean? Here, yeah. Here's more of the stuff we think you, we know you want. And it's like, I thought Shang-Chi, interestingly, told the full story. Do you know what I mean? And, and I, was, I thought much of that film was really good. Oh, you I know? thought it was, I think it might be the best. I think it is the best flick in, of the phase. Yeah. I thought he's just great. I thought a real star is born performance from him. And, oh, he's uh, incredible. And he's so funny and he's so likable. And yeah. And like serious fucking tactile action, serious stunts. I know they did them all. I watched the whole breakdown of stuntmen react, so, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. and then sliding through the fucking bus and everything like that. Aquafine is great. That's a that's a really funny thing going on. The only thing when it when it went full Lord of the Rings at the end with all the dragons, the dragon fight. Yeah, it's it's just, it's just it's, but isn't it insane how a fight on scaffolding is better than fights with dragons? Isn't that yeah, mad? Because it's dealing with like kind of. Uh, human scale jumping through all the scaffolding while baiting lads in one shot trying to get to her that was exactly. awesome you know what I mean like, and the dragons like, were beautiful but like yeah but like it's a, it's like the dragons are there and they have to yeah or or you know the other one or the bus scene where it's like this is speed except I need to you know spark out these lads in a fucking real tight you know um, old boy fucking sequence here just yeah. to get to the front of the bus just to you know protect Stop all these and people I, and I loved the line of dialogue that kickstarted that whole fight scene where he says in Mandarin, he says, I don't want trouble, which is like a direct reference. And it's a, a reference done well to uh, Jackie Chan films, to Police Story. Because mm. always that character, Jackie Chan would, in Police Story series, would always say, I don't want trouble before yeah. absolutely annihilating a room full <laughs> of lads. You know, like, and have that um, face where it's like, huh? like he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't want this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then the he's best. an animal. Yeah. No, I, re- I really enjoyed Shang-Chi. I thought it was awesome, actually, to be honest. But like that's like I'm I'm to- and I'm totally here. I'm totally here for that. I'm and like I might be like Ironheart. I don't know what it is. I'm kind of excited about it because that sounds new. That sounds interesting. You know? Yeah. Is it Don Cheadle? Isn't that? Is it War Machine? So? Oh, is it? Oh. I think. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, forget it. Yeah, but, I liked Moon. I thought Moon Knight was good. You know, I, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I couldn't get into Moon Knight. I couldn't get into Oscar Isaac's. British accent and I couldn't get in I just, on your shoes governor yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so <laughs> and he was doing an impression of Russell Kane the whole time 
Mm. Anyway, just to round it off, sorry, but just with Doctor Strange, I gave it a three, right? I just, I just didn't, I wasn't a huge. Yeah, I give it a two. I give it a two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the, I like the him turning the ghouls into a cape. I thought that was awesome. That was and cool. I like the zombie Strange. I thought he was really cool. I thought he was, he should have actually been a character rather than a possessed body. Yeah, I know what you mean. Although, yeah, just like that kind of, you know, shuddering guy everyone underestimates who's a zombie. But great performance. Like, great almost like vaudeville performance by, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch. To he's do an that. animal. He, he's, he is an amazing actor. Yeah, the, he Him is. and the power of the dog, he was just unbelievable. He's just, yeah. I think he's my favorite working actor. Him and Emma Stone at the moment, yeah. Yeah. Big time. No, I thought, I thought just the fact that he was able to just, like, inhabit uh, a zombie and do everything with his that's all his face like he's doing all that yeah, shit with yeah, his face yeah 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 super you know, cool and does play very good different strangers but I, I don't know yeah anyway uh, but also Spider-Man <laughs> No Way Home that's another example of just like do you want me to like Doctor Strange because you're making him out to be really pretty fucking dumb you know <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he's all like I'm going to throw this kid a bone and you know fucking alter this universe like he wouldn't <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer being like alright something's up and that's why everyone started thinking about the fact is this, you know, is this Mephisto or is this a higher power? Because well, because so, he, Doctor Strange shouldn't do that. Because he shouldn't do that, or is this a scroll yeah. operating as Doctor Strange? Which maybe in the future they will, they might, you know, it's Secret Invasion. They might, you know, backpedal on any bad decision they make and be like, it was a scroll, you know. But um, <laughs> I feel like that'll be a good one for that. So yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Jurassic Park Dominion. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I turned this shit off. Oh really? <laughs> How I was, you get into it? I got as far. I got actually. Do you know there was a point where they were kind of like just where they just met Ian Malcolm. You turn off there. I was. I was. I was kind of. Well, the thing is, I tried to watch it like three times, and I kept turning it off, and I kept turning it off with the first twenty minutes, and and the, yeah. there was a, a couple of things that really pissed me off. One was this, like you know, n- you know those now this videos, and it was like basically a recap. Oh, yeah. That was all like, you know, now we're, you know, years into living with dinosaurs now, you know, I'm like, what, who would make this, who would make this documentary, you know, now we're living with, and then to be like, and then of course there are uh, rumors of a, of a cloned girl. And I'm like, (laughs) would a news source just speculate there are rumors of a cloned girl within the same thing about fucking dinosaurs living with ranchers and then fucking Pratt started doing the hand thing. He does the hand thing three times in the first 20 minutes the hand thing that means i can control dinosaurs with the hand yeah and he and he promises a raptor he'll get the child he'll get the raptor's child back and the raptor kind of gives him a nod like i understand you know (laughs) you're like what yeah i don't know i mean like i'm not i actually weirdly i'm not as harsh on that film as i think it was like i like the i don't know i thought it was like i thought it was a good hearted or something I thought it was like a bad, it was very factory, you know, it, like, I mean, Jesus, nothing happened that was original in it. And they kind yeah. of call everything to the last second. And I was really disappointed it ended up on a park again. You're like, what? Come on. Mm. Like, I, I kind of apparently wanted to see like, you know, tanks versus dinosaurs. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, I thought it was just like aggressively grand. You know, yeah. It was, it was just kind but of I just think like, I there was something, I don't know. I got something in my head, but when I was watching it and I was just thinking, I, and I, th- I was kind of thinking to myself, because I'll watch anything. Like, I'll watch, if I know, even if I know it's bad, even if I hear, like, I'm yes, always excited to find out. Like, if, if the Batman had turned out to be absolutely shit, I probably would have been more excited about seeing it just because of the fucking sick, twisted little freak that I am, that I kind yeah. of just want to be part of the conversation. So I'm willing to watch this. But I kind of felt with this one, I'm like, no, I think I need to break the cycle on Jurassic Park 6, you know? Um, because I don't feel like they're doing anything with it. And I think, and I already was really pissed off. And I've talked about this so many times. People on my podcast are sick of hearing me talk about this. But there's a bit in fucking Jurassic, I think I've even said this to you as well. Mm-hmm. But it really pisses me off. There's a bit in Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom, the start of the flick, where they release the big water dinosaur out into, the, out into the sea. And they do this because they're trying to sneak into the park and they leave a gate open. But in yeah. the first Jurassic World, the containment area where he is is in the middle of the island, this big fucker. And now they've yeah. just changed the cartography of the map. And there was definitely, you know, an art director who said, yeah, fuck them, you know, or brought yeah. it to the, or brought it to the director and said, just let you know, you know, this has to happen. Or just to say, like, look, can we do that? We have to come up with a better way. And the director probably was like, no one's going to notice. Or if they do, I don't care. 
You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I, I sorry, I don't mean to be bad. bumming you into because you might be doing a Jurassic World movie someday. No, <laughs> but I, 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 well, like that's interesting. I, I've definitely been guilty of that. Like just while making stuff, I've been like, they say there's a, bit, a glaring continuity issue. I'm like, uh, if people notice that, we're not doing our jobs right. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like, fair. Um, I don't know, but yeah, but that kind of shit. Yeah, that that would that would less annoy me if like. I actually like Fallen Kingdom weirdly. I think it turns into a cool Resident Evil movie towards the end. Yeah, I like the second half. I do like that. Yeah. And you get back to exactly the kind of elements of the tension that you got in the first, you know, the second half of Jurassic Park, you know? Yeah. They they, they capitalize that they realize going bigger is not better and they kind of strip it back. And there's an oh, interesting yeah. element to the kind of black market dino dealings, you know. But I think they push it a little bit too far with the genetic engineering of like the perfect dinosaur and then this movie with genetic engineered fucking crickets and you're like what move what what series is what am i watching like what yeah, is this yeah. i think know? an easy yeah like I, I like what the tack they're taking with the predator series now where they're really simplifying what a predator movie is and it's mm. back to basics in like so many ways not just technological and uh they're hiring like a really good director with that with that new predator movie who like hasn't been massively successful but he's clearly super talented Mm-hmm. So like, and they're letting them kind of run riot with that, and I think Jurassic probably needs something like that as well. It needs like a simplification of, like, why can't you make a film about two people and a raptor in a in a building? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't that be awesome? You know, rather than you know, know just islands exploding and shit like that. Yeah, like come on, you know, just yeah, that's I like the know. first twenty minutes, and they're in the fucking ball, and like the volcanoes exploding, and the dinosaurs are exploding, and like in the same <laughs> yeah. flick, it's like a Resident Evil flick. Uh, what would you give Jurassic Park Dominion? I gave I have to give it an X because I didn't sit all the way through it. Okay, yeah, I like give it a three to be honest. Like I didn't I didn't hate it. I actually did not hate it. No, um, I I didn't hate it at all. Really, I I just kind of went ugh, whatever, and then sure. it was over. But I was glad I saw it because I just like I like seeing dinosaurs. But I I don't know. Yeah, it it wasn't. I thought I got a bit of a bad rap. I I don't think that director does many favors for himself on Twitter. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't get the hate for him outside of the films. You know, and I actually yeah. really liked his Rise of Skywalker uh, take. And yeah, I think that same. W- would have been much better. Um, I felt like that actually, that actually, like the Easter eggs that you're going for that is not the obvious. You're not going for like, I'll bring the Emperor back. But you got like, you know, fucking Donald Gleason <laughs> is like obsessed with Jedis. You know, he's got like a Mace yeah. Windu's fucking saber and, and stuff like that. There's and actually Chewie's stuff metal. to do. There's also yeah. like a, an, an interesting end of, yeah, you know. Of Finn's story because he has to kind of go back to the fucking stormtroopers and all that, you know. Um, but anyway, we're not talking about that. Did you see Elvis? No, man, no, I haven't. And like that went, I, I don't know why I haven't seen that because I'm, I'm such a mark for Baz Luhrmann. Um, I think oh, he's it's amazing. Yeah, it's good. You liked it? I thought, I thought, I thought it was brilliant. The highest compliment that I can give it is that I, I actually get Elvis now. I never got why anyone cool. would like Elvis. It's not easy. Oh, to really? Get I, was a big, I was a big Elvis fan. Were you? Yeah, yeah. Kind of. We're. Not forced to listen to it, but yeah. uh, they certainly encouraged us. And yeah, I, I got really into. It. I love Elvis. Him and Johnny Cash are like, yeah, Big you know. I, uh, but like th- that's, and I think that's the making of a good, a good uh, biopic. Is that, um, is that you kind of want to like? We watched it, and we immediately went home, watched all the scenes that you know that had featured in it, like the the Christmas yeah. special. You know, watched scenes from his movies. You know, watched all the gigs that that were featured in it. Scenes from his. You know his um his residency, and also just like the way Baz Luhrmann, like it's fucking batshit crazy. Like it's it's yeah. purposely discombobulating so that you're can kind of confused and excited, and it's it's genuinely trying to replicate a feeling, and that's the whole thing. It does. It just keeps trying to replicate excitement in the fifties and sixties mm-hmm. and seventies, and every Seen time you think that he's man. lost it, so he yeah. does something else that just absolutely captivates the audience. So um, there's a, especially there's a montage of all like. Elvis's childhood influences from like hearing blues and hearing things from like you know gospel and literally like he's passing this guy just playing a fucking blues guitar and he goes straight into like a church and he's just getting caught up in the fucking you know he's almost starts speaking in tongues and you're like genuinely excited and the the sound mixing of course is just perfect and they use a lot of like contemporary music to kind of set the the scene of like what Nashville would have been like, which might have felt a bit rougher or whatever, you know, or a bit more urban, mm. and they play more, you know, urban tracks mixed in with with Elvis, you know, which I know Baz Luhrmann doesn't really give a shit about kind of times when you know timelines when he's trying to like weave music into it, but um, I just create a feeling, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. And, and it does, it just it's the feeling the whole time, and it's just mm. um, 
I mean, there's some, you know, weirdly Graceland's very, every time it goes to Graceland, it's pretty boring. And they're just like chatting and shit <laughs> and doing all, you know, yeah. it doesn't feel as grand just because Baz's style is so, uh, is so, Baz, my good friend Baz, is uh, yeah. style Coming is so grand. Baz Ashman, yeah. Um, I give it a very strong four. Uh, Sweet, yeah, no, I'm a little bit too long. I gotta see it, man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just just kind of haven't had any other time with filming, but uh, yeah, I gotta get on it. All right, look, let's talk Top Gun Maverick. Oh, baby, I would say <laughs> I saw this at one o'clock in the day, and it was probably the most excited I've been in a cinema since Endgame. Like, it was just fucking edgier seat stuff. I thought it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh man, like I got a bottle of water going in, and. When the movie was over, I noticed I hadn't, not only hadn't I not drank from the bottle of water, I hadn't opened it. <laughs> like, it was just, it, I thought it was, like, it was just, like, heaven of mm. a movie. It was, and, and, like, that last, that last 40 minutes was, like, like you were saying, like, the most adrenalized I've been in the cinema since, I would say, like, probably since The Dark Knight. Yeah. You know, just, like, just pure with, like, Maverick and the lads going down the, the kind of, the tunnel to get to and I love the way the first half of the mission they complete that kind of without a hitch but then the second they go over the hill all the missiles fire at once yeah and then they start popping flares and everything goes to shit I was like man this is just incredible stuff it's so dramatic but I couldn't get over how aware I was of the space every single time they were doing anything I knew exactly where they were I knew exactly where they were in fucking three dimensions like uh, you know you compare that to some to some action scenes and especially when it's when it's CG, but like even even the original Top Gun, which it's a better film, it's better than Top Gun. Like yeah, I mean, which is mad achievement, you know. Yeah, but like obviously you've got to be very grateful for the you know the the original editing, which I I watched Top Gun beforehand and the editing is incredible. You know, I do think the original Top Gun, Tom Cruise is a fucking freak and he's actually kind of a loser, and Val Kilmer is so right. He is so right to like take him down a peg because he is totally reckless. He follows yeah, birds yeah. into fuck into the jacks after them. You know. <laughs> He does so much like weird shit, and he just—he's yeah, cocky yeah. and he's wrong. He's such you know? a prick in it, yeah, yeah. He's time. such a prick, and the, the idea that that Iceman was some bad guy—I just can't wrap my head around. But like, yeah, you know. And I love—I oh, love all the new cast in it. I thought they're all fucking brilliant. They're all, all uh, yeah. And I remember—I still remember the call signs like Hangman and Rooster and stuff like that. Like Hangman's uh, brilliant. Uh, Hangman might be my my VIP. I just think what yeah. a what a it's a serious line to walk to be a kind of villain and kind of like you're kind of on side with him the whole time and you're like oh that was a bit harsh but hey you know I'm sure Rooster can take it you're never really like this guy's such a douche you know mm. um, and like and it gets probably one of the biggest cheer moments in the movie because yeah. I was like I fully I had fully suspended my sense of disbelief by the end when Maverick takes out the F-26 I was like oh this is incredible and then when, the, when they ran out of ammo and then the last F-26 comes out of nowhere I was like they have nowhere to go. Yeah. This is it. You know, like this is it for Maverick. <laughs> like <laughs> I can't Because you wouldn't like, think. You would never think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, hello, uh, what was it hello, pilots? This is your savior speaking. Yeah. I love all that. It's so good. But and like I got that, so, super emotional when like you know, Rooster's playing the piano and you know, he's thinking back and he's like, This is the fucking yeah. kid, this is the same kid. His kid just loved his dad. This kid loved his yeah. dad. No wonder you get totally why. You know, sure, like the ending when, like, or not the ending when when Rooster isn't going through the the thing fast enough, and he's he, he doesn't know what to do, and then he just says, "Talk to me, Dad." That was mm. so heartbreak. I was like, "Oh, the God!" And like, if Maverick saying it at the start, saying, "Talk to me, Goose," I was like, mm. suddenly like, "Oh my God, I love Top Gun." You know what I mean? It kind of flashes yeah. you back to you really <laughs> loving that movie yeah. where he said, "Talk to me, Goose," all the time. You're like, "Yeah," uh, I thought it was amazing, and it just uh, like really amazing. And Jennifer Connelly was so like they created a sense in that relationship that like. Maverick has probably always he's just terrified of being in love with her. Yeah. And that is kind of like they don't have many scenes together with so much depth to how they perform together. So much depth. You you, you know? swear that I mean I know there's a few mentions of her in the original Top Gun, but you really do feel like oh this is like she's this is this is like the end of a trilogy between these two. Like it feels like they've had yeah. so much they've so much chemistry and it's like maybe the best chemistry I've seen Tom Cruise have. Yeah, it was so warm and lovely. Like even even there, uh, w- when he bails out the window, so the yeah. kid doesn't find him, and the kid sees Maverick, and she just goes, "Don't run out again." Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like because she like, just gave it immediately implying that my mom really cares about you. Yeah. And uh, and when he arrives in the admiral gear with the white suit, 
uh, the night before the mission and they hug on the beach. I was like, oh God, like you're, you're totally gone. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to come back. But, it's all, but also to be the perfect Lega sequel in terms of reclaiming the beats and getting every, yeah. beat, every beat better, you know? I read this interview with Christopher McQuarrie and um, who obviously he was a writer and exec producer on it. Um, and he's like such a hardcore story guy. He's such an amazing interview. Um, he just, he's obsessed with stories work. And he was saying, it made an interesting point that legacy sequels often fail because they don't show why this person deserves a legacy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and I thought that just that bit in Maverick, when they get shot down, him and Rooster, and the only way out was an F-14 mm. and they keep hyping up how dangerous this fifth, the fifth generation fighter pilots are. Mm-hmm. And then it's Maverick versus not one, two of them yeah. in an F-14. And then you realize why Maverick is Maverick. Yeah. You know, you're like, Holy shit, this guy can fly. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like when he just, it means he takes out one of them and then he gets into a dogfight with the other, but drags him low so his radar won't work. And oh, it's just like movie heaven. It was, <laughs> but like, how as well you know? do you shoot it where I know you're seeing obviously the timer go down to how many seconds? You know, they're doing the, the they're doing the, the yeah. practice flight and they keep practicing, they're trying to get the time down and down and down, you know. And Maverick grabs, you know, grabs, you know, takes his fucking takes his fucking flight, his jet, yeah, yeah, does it. He's not even supposed to be in there, does it, does it in, in record time. But the way they're able to cut it and edit it so it looks like this is the cleanest flying you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, just because you've yeah, seen yeah. how they've done it previously. And like, how do you shoot? I don't know how. Is Tom Cruise here to save cinema? He said, well, that's like he said, and he said, I'm watching all the making of it after I saw the movie. And he said, you can't fake G-Force. Mm. And so he goes, so when you see me nearly passing out, I'm nearly passing out yeah, because, yeah. and I, I didn't really understand what G-Force was. And it's basically, it's the weight of your body. Uh, uh, basically, you feel the weight of your body. So imagine nine of you lying on top of you. Yeah, that's what he's feeling when he's at nine G's, and it's Holy just awesome, man. But yeah, no, like I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just real effects, real photography, real characters. Uh, the time taken to like craft an amazing story, and and it's not like I like the way it wasn't about anything else other than telling a class story. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, the the enemies aren't named. No, it's not a. It's, it's kind of weirdly not a political film. Like it's not. They don't say, they don't specify what the country they're in or anything like that. It's just, it's a, it's a vessel to have him kind of become self-actualized by the end, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was absolutely magic, you know. I still only give it a four point five for some reason. <laughs> yeah, are you 4.5? I mean, oh, it, it is a five star flick. I probably should change it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm five out the door. Yeah, that's yeah. My, that's my, that's my big five. Yeah. All right, look, the uh, Tor Love and Thunder I saw recently. Well, I, I like I I liked Thor Ragnarok. I really did like Thor Ragnarok. I couldn't believe yeah. the lols. I couldn't get over it. Uh, you know, like that that feeling of just delight didn't get old. You know, on on further rewatches, it kind of has. But I remember the initial first time seeing it, just like I actually can't believe what I'm seeing here. And feeling the balance of the silly and the serious, I thought I thought worked particularly yeah. well. Um, I did think that Kate Blanchett kind of got let down as a character. If you're going to use fucking Kate Blanchett, I thought it was a bit of a. Um, but I don't know if this one quite gets that mix of the, of the silly and the and the sincere. You know, I don't know if I get it gets quite right. There's nothing wrong with being honest, right? Mm-hmm. I thought this was maybe the worst film I've seen in a few years. Really? Yeah, I thought it was like dreadful. Yeah. Mm. I was. I actually. I never wanted to punch a film before. Yeah. <laughs> um, not everything needs a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like, not everything needs to be funny. I thought seventy percent of the gags didn't land, and I also thought that I became quite exhausted and and unnerved that there was going to become another one around the bend at yeah. any second. It, it 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 stopped me from investing. Um, fully they're, into they're what half, was They were half written. Like they weren't even jokes, though. Like they were. I, th- I think it was probably the dangers of carte blanche. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it's the dangers of having massive levels of success and everyone telling you you're amazing for for years. Mm. You're like, uh, well, if I'm amazing, then maybe I can just half arse this one. It was, yeah, that was really bad. It was kind of directionless, um, very very long. It felt very long, even though it's shorter than Ragnarok, which is mad. It felt really bloated it felt like there was yeah. it would get to a moment where they'd have to have these kind of heart-to-heart conversations and it seemed to be like set piece joke um you know or you know set piece joke and then heart to heart and it seemed to just be like looping in this kind of yeah. you know 
check in with the kids, check in with this, check in with this. It just felt very bump, bump, bump by the beat and it felt a little bit. And also I didn't know why anyone was doing anything. It was very quick because there were so many jokes in it. It was a very quick, now we have to do this. And you're like, to get on to now we're on a fucking rainbow bridge going looking for gore, you know? Now we're on the way to Olympus or whatever. Well, I think if gore doesn't kidnap the children, gore's the good guy. Yeah, you know what I mean, because I would be like, I would kill all those gods as well. They're they're terrible people. You know what I mean? Did you read Jason Aaron's Thor? That it's it it, it no it mighty from? Thor. No, I didn't. No, 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 I didn't. I, I'd highly recommend it. It's it's incredible in the comics, like b- because he just fucking despises the gods, and you don't even see them have the same level of hubris. But like, he just believes that. Yeah, it's the same kind of um, origin story, you know, of him and him having a child and just being, you know or the mm. child dying and then what actually happens in the comics is two gods end up they're having a this massive intergalactic fight and they just you know comet down into the ground and one of the mm. gods is dying and has an sword, and the god is like please save me and he's all like save you after you know and he but he but he also makes like the the personal decision to then kill all the gods it isn't like Oh, the, I've now I'm a baddie because I touched this baddie sword, you know, like it is in the film. Yeah, like, he makes like no, a concrete I, I decision, this. and he's yeah, also yeah. really intelligent. And the, it actually takes place across like three generations. Like this guy has been evading Thor for like for like hundreds of years. Oh, and that's it even, cool. It even goes into the future. Um, but yeah, I also thought the, the the needle drop moments didn't hit, and I'm like, how do you fuck up Guns and Roses? Like I felt like. The, this isn't yeah. cool like every time there was an action scene I'm like but this isn't a cool thing that's happening you know apart yeah. from the kids at the end I thought that that kind of got me where you know that was a good like actual needle drop moment where the kids all have again when, when, when has Thor ever been made, ever been able to give his powers to somebody like, um, uh, is that just the lightning bolt I didn't really fully understand what was happening there that's again a, just a suspend disbelief to have something a bit rad but like what well, you were talking about, like the logic of the characters, where Wanda, it, it just kind of, I don't know. I just I've never seen him do that or talk about that or reference that ever. Maybe and because they're as guardian, you know, somehow they can. Oh, maybe yeah, yeah. You know, but I don't know. It kind of cheapens the power of Thor, don't know. I don't know. It does. <laughs> like he, well, he speaks into fucking Stormbreaker. Says light as a feather, stiff as a board, or whatever he riddle he has to to do. Uh, it was good to see Natalie Portman back. Um, I liked, I mean, I'd probably watch a whole flick of them as a rom-com. Um, yeah, that was fun. That was all fun. Yeah. Um, but It was fun, but it was ruined by fucking The Rockman's narration. You're like, shut up. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I don't know. It was, because thought... those jokes weren't funny. Like, they, they weren't, oh. and it was kind of a bit too, I, lo- I think Taika Waititi's, I mean, I love Holt, Hunt for the, the Wilder People, and I, I did like Ragnarok. I liked Jojo Rabbit, you know, I didn't like it a tremendous amount, you know, I think he Actually, has good taste, uh, but I think this was, uh, this 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 yeah. could have been maybe a few, a bit of reins put on by the, the Marvel machine on this one. Or like, or like you know, written, um, like yes. I thought, like, just, I thought Christian Bale was deadly, but he's an entirely different film, you know, like he's given us socks in a really interesting character, like super intense performance as yeah. a really interesting villain. And but when he's not on screen, it's like goofy jokes that, that aren't really funny. With like, and it's not, I don't know, yeah, I, I thought it was really bad, man. Yeah, it was really disappointing because I really like Ragnarok, I was a big fan of that. Um, yeah, just like I think it's like it's dangerous for people to say you're a genius for years, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, oh, maybe I am one, you know. I mean, I still would welcome uh, back another Thor with open arms, and it looks like you know, we probably will get another one. Um, you know, yeah. it's probably you know Chris Hemsworth has essentially handcrafted um, he's the, awesome. the most likable character in the MCU. You know, yeah, and he gets Easily. the balance is perfect. But maybe there needs to be more of you know a Hulk there who is actually going to talk back to him. But it seems to be everyone yeah. is kind of looking at him, and then they look at the screen and go, "Oh, Thor," <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought, Infinity War was like the best balance. I thought like, yeah. he was like he, he was like melancholic. And he had gallows humor because he had so, been through so much shit. Yeah, you know, like like everything wrong had happened. Yeah, but yeah, man, yeah, bad, bad one. That's a that's a one from me. See, I give it a three yeah. because I still th- I still laughed a lot, and I thought I actually two of those are being propped up by fucking Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, my favorite actor of all time. He was so. absolutely incredible in it. He was the he was yeah, yeah um, <laughs> just like. 
And it, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God, he's being Greek. Like, he's doing a Greek voice. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't believe he doubled yeah. down on it. Well, that was incredible. <laughs> he doubled down on it. Yeah. Um, but look, I think that's a nice, tidy little wrap up. Uh, are any yeah. reflection you're looking forward to this year? Obviously, Jordan Peele's Nope. Is there anything else oh, we should watch out for? Nope. Hang on, let me see. Sorry. I know, yeah, I do. I was thinking about this earlier. Oh, a little film called We Are Not Alone. You. <laughs> hey, that'll be on. I'm, I'm actually not allowed to say what streaming service it's on. Um, but I'll tell you after you stop recording. Yeah, cool, great. Um, I don't know. Yeah, man, because I saw the grey man, thought that was bad. Uh, Is it? No, nah, not good. Oh, I'm looking forward to Pearl, which is the sequel to X, which was uh, X was awesome. Oh, I've heard horror, X is great. Yeah. Little horror movie it. by Ty West. Love Ty West. He's such an interesting filmmaker. Um, yeah, and the X is awesome. And if you haven't seen it, you're in for a treatment. It's, it's really good. It's really nasty. And really, uh, like, it really goes for it. You know, it's about, it's about kind of taboo subject matter, but it's a super game cast. Mm. Um, has a bit of text chance of in there as well. It's really good. That sounds badass. But, I've heard uh, a lot of great things. Fergal, is there yeah. anything you'd like to plug at this time? Of course, your flick coming out at the end of the year. Um, yeah, well, I can't announce that. Yeah, I can't announce the date. Yeah. Sure. I, I think I can't. But uh, yeah, that's coming out at the end of the year. Great. <laughs> Hopefully, all going well. You never know. Shit happens. So. Great. And Nova Jones as yeah. well this year? Yeah. Uh, they're, they, Jesus, they are finishing a 107 day schedule right now. They're Jesus on their last Christ. week. Yeah, they've been filming since March. Um, I, I got to, I got to direct three episodes from season two, which was a delight, and they're, and they're such they're such the best people to work with. That cast, so much for so much for, so fun, and uh, so, yeah. So that I think season two of that is out at the end of the year in October, I would feel. And then yeah, just working on this new sitcom now, and that'll be out in February, I think. Brilliant. So. Well, yeah. um, Virgil, oh, thank you very much, brother. Thanks for this Thanks, uh, 2022 roundup. We should do it again. Yeah, I hope uh, it didn't hurt, like, hurt my career opportunities in the future going forward. <laughs> I'll, 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 cut, I'll cut the hard shit out. I'll cut the hard shit out. Okay. Uh, yeah. You'll be back for 2023? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Big time. <laughs> you know me. All right. Cheers, All brother. Right. Thank you very much. It's only here, we'll show.